Welcome back to another episode. Thanks for reporting to The Hideout. It's us again. This is episode two. I'm your rebel host, Tyler Soflo, a.k.a. Fatsky. (laughs) Over here is your rebel co-host, Tony Soflo, a.k.a. Oh, pasta boy. Pasta boy. Oh, you ain't got your pasta. Where's my pasta? You ain't got your pasta today, boy. I'm sorry, guys. That was loud. That was a little loud. They're going to hate you for that one. This is the place to come to for a new way to follow the movement. Here, we will be talking about everything and anything in the parkour and fearing world from content reactions to updates, interviews, reviews, advice, and more. But we do it our way. So keep tuning in to see what that means. Today's task, we will be talking about being on a Nerf commercial for parkour and how to deal with muggles. When you're training in public. Ain't that right, Tony? That's definitely right, Tony. It's some bitch to handle yep. with that. So You're speaking the truth, Fasky. We, <laughs> if you're going to be like, what the hell does that even mean? It's, it's I got called he's fat and his idol's Fosky. <laughs> it doesn't get more I was gonna get. I mean, it doesn't get more simple than that. I was going to get a little bit more in-depth with that. I was going to talk about how Isaiah called me like um, American Fosky or whatever and, and then say that I can just combine the Fatsky. <laughs> whatever. Um, all right, so we're going to just start off the story, or rather, this moment in time that we shared last year, this how we got into a Nerf commercial. We we're going to talk about what we had to do to get into it. So, Tony, how about you start us off with the process of getting the audition and what the audition looked like? So, we got contacted by the owners of Miami Freerunning saying that there is going to be a commercial for Nerf shooting in you guessed it, Miami. And <laughs> they were hosting the, they were looking for, initially they were looking for like, I guess, a few parkour people. I think it was like four or five. Yeah. And then a lot of background people because they wanted to do this like huge nerf battle scene. And this was for launching like their new blasters and one of their newest blasters. Like they're one of the more like popular ones. And we went to the audition and we we're like, all right, well, we're just going to audition to be parkour people because, you know, we do parkour <laughs> and uh yeah and we did it they had us flip around the gym for a little bit they gave us a nerf blaster they had us stand in front of the camera and they were like all right say your name age uh what you do and then say it's nerf or nothing and we were like dude uh okay so we stood in front and i was like my name is tony roth uh my name uh my age is i think i was 22 my age is 22. I'm from Miami, Florida, and it's Nerf or nothing. Straight up. <laughs> hey, look, let me, I'm going to say the mind how I did it. First of all, I went into that audition not wanting to do it. I was oh, there, yeah, that's right. I was there for somebody else. I was there for somebody else, and I wanted them to get the part because it was a big deal for them, especially the career path that they want for their life. I was there to support them, and I had the connections with Miami Freeing Academy, especially the owner, Karen. I love you if you're listening. I also love you. And and you too, Chris. And then this person that I wanted to get the, the for the part to get, plus Karen, were like, "You better do this audition. Do not leave here unless 
you have done it already. Also, and, you're friends, so don't leave me out of and, this. And then Tony also came up and was like, don't be stupid. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. So I didn't even care. And I guess that kind of helped with the audition. So just keep in mind that I didn't even want to do it in the first place. That's but right. I walk up to the camera and they're like, okay, you have to say your name, your age. And then you have to t- say the, the slogan of Nerf, which is Nerf or Nothing. Nerf or it's Nothing. Nerf or Nothing. <laughs> it's Nerf <nothing. laughs> <It's nothing, nothing. laughs> And so basically I just snapped and I was like, my name is Tyler Gatewood. I am 21 years old. And I just went, it's Nerf or nothing. Dude, hey, I got in the character for no reason. He got hella in the character. And then as soon as the camera started rolling for the parkour part, hey, I was in battle, okay? And there was nobody around. There was nobody in the course and I was hiding and I was ducking for cover, bro. Dude, they they literally made us go all, well, not all over, but majority of the course and we had to pretend like we were in a Nerf battle scene (laughs) while throwing in flips and whatnot. Keep in mind, none of us have ever flipped with a Nerf gun before. So we were just like, fuck it. I'm just going to do it, you know, and we did that. And then we left. We drove. We left because we're like, all right, the audition's over. We're leaving. And we drove to drop Kobe off. Who was who was part of the audition. Who was part of the audition. And as soon as we get to his mom's place, yeah, his mom's they apartment. call us back and they're like, hey, can you guys come back? We want to get another video of you guys because you guys are pretty much really good. And we want to get another video to show the directors and whatnot of you using the whole course. Because the old course, the, the course we had to use was like, like limiting to the stuff we could do yeah and well here's the thing the stunt coordinator uh is a stunt coordinator for multiple miami shows so right. he like knew what he was doing and he wanted to see us again and keep in mind tony cut me off at the end of my audition i just want to highlight this i did a huge front flip onto mass that nobody did with the nerf gun in my hand and that stuff there's those guns are imbalanced as fuck okay <laughs> so when you're in midair you're like i might not make this rotation oh yeah and i but yeah and also we did we try to do um I think Kobe tried to do like standing back tucks with the gun, but without actually tucking, and they did not make it around. But they stu- they somehow some, still like finished the audition. Some of these guns were huge. Yeah, these guns were big. They had you do like stall flips off of a box into a, onto a mat and stuff like that, holding the gun and like land in position and like point and look like you're in the army. I did a I did a back I did a step back layout and land it and like point it and was yeah. like all right shoot 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 and then rolled over and like dude it's so it's a little bit difficult like pretending that there's other if you've never acted but you know that you're trying to get a part in a commercial because of your parkour skills you better snap into actor mode quick whatever that version it is for yourself because you have to pretend like there's nobody there and you're in this foam war yep you gotta be jack of all trades for that yeah you just and so that was actually very difficult but we tried our best and then we actually left and they called us back to come back so which we're like fuck yeah we gotta go back and we did because karen was like on a side note on a different whatsapp chat she was like hey guys listen it's very possible that you guys have the part. And I was like, don't get my hopes up, Karen. Please yeah, don't do we're, that. We're not those type of people where like someone will be like, oh, yeah, it's very possible. We'll be like, all right, don't say that because you're going to jinx it now. Yeah, but, like you know? let's just wait to the very end. Don't get my hopes up. And then I get there and they're like, you're too fat. Don't do it. We don't believe anything until it happens. Yeah. And so we got back there. We did it. And then we finished and they got back to us and then they said that we didn't get the part and nope, that these nope. other kids no I got the part no Tony got the part I didn't and then later on they're like oh wait you did get the part it was like a back and forth where it was like you didn't you did and then you didn't and then you did again you also skipped really far ahead we were in New York at this time too when we were getting these calls I got some of these before we left oh no I got I, I remember being at the train station and I got a call Saying that it was a... What are you, what are you trying to do? Raise your Grab the bottom and raise it up more. Yeah, so you don't have to tilt your head down. I was touching my lip. Mm, I'm just trying to teach Tony about some stuff here. Putting some big... Anyway, yeah, I was... I was at, we were at the train station in... 
we were at the train station in New, New Jersey, Jersey yeah. and I remember getting a call or an email and they were saying like, hey, like we got. Oh, and I didn't. Right. And then I was like, well, it's a good thing I went into audition without wanting to fucking do it in the first place because yeah. I wouldn't, I didn't he, feel so down about he it. He immediately was just like, he was like, I don't fucking care anymore, bro. <laughs> and then once he got the call, he cared. <laughs> hey, because it was a lot of money. We'll get, don't say it yet. We'll okay. get to that later. So yes. <laughs> you know damn well was about yeah. to say. Yeah, I know, right? It was, nope. Yeah, so I've, let's just like recap real quick. We did the audition at a parkour gym, which was big help. Was a big help. <laughs> left, told to come back. We went back, did it, left again. Then we had to go to um, New York for a project. And during that trip, Tony got callbacks and I didn't. So we just basically were keep getting announced who was getting the part and who was it either through phone calls or through messages on whatsapp and then eventually the final final product while we were waiting in new york like basically the length of our trip in new uh, york was depicted thanks <laughs> was depicted on whether we got this part in nerf or not if we did get the part we had to leave new york early if we didn't we could stay longer and the entire time it was like back and forth back and forth like i was just kind of getting annoyed because like if i have plans and i'm doing something in the moment don't bug me but that's hollywood and so <laughs> basically finally the final product of this freaking commercial after a auditioning with a gun and shooting at nothing the final product was tony got the part i got the part kobe or aka on instagram moby carcass got the part michael morrison got the part uh yesenia got the part and, and then uh, a couple other kids who who uh weren't actually like parkour well i was gonna get into that later about because yeah. they're just actually actors right like the parkour they, athletes are the ones that the, the ones i just said are the ones i got the part and also they changed the whole format of the video so instead of having all these people where it's going to be a few main stars and then a, a bunch of background they completely eliminated the background upped our pay and then just decided to use like eight people for the entire commercial yeah because initially it was supposed to be like a huge deal yeah um and that was the final product and then as soon as we realized that we had to leave new york now we'll get back to that portion on how the hell we even got back to florida for this fitting for the nerf commercial at the end of this podcast so stay tuned but we're going to get into more about the actual experience being on set with actors who aren't parkour athletes while you're a parkour athlete shooting for a commercial about toy guns um they're, so they're actually called blasters oh yeah they that, wouldn't let us call them guns you could you can't say guns on a nerf set if you ever on a nerf set don't say guns say blasters you got to turn into five and then be like, I'm using blasters. <laughs> so anyway, um, I just wanted to ask you, Tony, what was it like being on set with people and especially kids that were either our age or younger who aren't athletes? They literally got hired on that set because mm -hmm. they are actors. They're kid actors. Right. What was that like knowing that you're there specifically for your skill set, not for your acting capabilities, and they're there because of the opposite re reason? I felt cooler, to be honest. <laughs> Did you really? Well, I mean, like... Because we knew the theme of the commercial that they were going for. Right. And like the fact that someone, first of all, the fact that someone picks you because of your skill level to be in a commercial that airs internationally and domestically is pretty fucking badass yeah, to me. Yeah, literally. So <clears throat> I, yeah. I, I, I kind of felt, <clears throat> I felt a little bit different because like most people get hired literally because they're oh like they look good. They're a good actor. Yeah. We got hired because like they're really good at backflips. You yeah. know, like they, they can do this. <clears throat> Because they don't look that good. Right. But they can oh. do... <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I accidentally agreed with that. But, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so being on set with kids who are hired there specifically because what they do is acting and we're there because of our parkour and for any capabilities. Like imagine mm -hmm. what they do is they have an agent and they do other jobs like this one kid that was on my nerf team the orange team because the commercial was orange against blue and i'll show the commercial later in the podcast on our monitor Pretty sure it's red against blue. but basically it was orange against blue 
And during this, during the time that you're inside where they're keeping the actors while the other team is filming, um, you get to talk with your, you know, um, coworkers, I guess you could say. And this kid was doing like commercials for like tires and like backpacks or something like he does jobs like this while he's doing that. Think about it in a, at a different time, day, whatever we're out training sweating we're not acting we're not on we're not doing a movie set or whatever the heck we're just training and this kid is doing that and then all of a sudden your two worlds collide and you're just like yep <laughs> he's just like so what do you do it's like i just keep doing this but without cameras like, <laughs> and he's like oh well i did this commercial for tires and they pay this much and i was like oh that's great fucking jimmy guess what <laughs> this is my first time ever <laughs> picture my life uh without the cameras it's still the same. it's still the same also not these clothes dude i look like a neon pedestrian walking sign but we'll get back into the fitting later so being in a mixture of kids who are acting while we're athletes was just such a weird like combination because you just kind of don't know how to like Oh yeah, you should try because when you're training or when you're filming in a parkour team, you get to be like, oh, try this, and then maybe this will work. Or be like, like, oh yeah, okay, I'm gonna try that. You can't really do that with these actors when you're intertwining with them because like they're just doing exactly what they're told because that's what the the directors are just hey do that right. And touching on that, and like if I'm getting into too deep a territory of this commercial, you can let me know. (laughs) But like the separation between actors and athletes, I don't know if you you weren't on you weren't um technically on set you were in the break room at this point because we were shooting one of the blue right. scenes because i was on the blue team and we had a shot where we had to run out through this gate and we had to go through this little obstacle course but shooting in florida it's like 90 degrees out you know and this was shot in may i think April this was shot in may so it's like really fucking hot out and we had to do this one scene where all of us run through a gate go over these blocks some people run by them I had a flip, Kobe had a flip, whatnot, but we did that scene probably like 15 times. Yeah. Like back to back. Like we get to the end. It's probably like a quarter mile. Nah, okay, quarter mile is big, but like it was, it was a long distance that you had to run. And then when you get to the end, you have to run back to the to one yep. and get ready. And one girl almost passed out from it. She had oh, to get water. Yes, I know who you're talking about. Yeah. yeah. And like <clears throat> she's a super sweet girl, but she was a kid. She was like, I think she's like 17, 18 or something. She was, I think, yeah, yeah. But uh, she wasn't, I don't, I don't think she was an athlete. Like, I'm pretty sure she's just like an actor model. There was, like, there was, no, no, no. Um, Was she, the, was she the taller? Like yeah. more your skin color type? Yeah, 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 no, she was an actual, like, she was doing flips. She oh, wasn't like a full on free running athlete, but she was like capable of. She's capable, but she, not on set though. That's the thing. She was she didn't do supposed to, but they, they didn't make her. Right. Yeah. But like, but pretty much like she almost passed out and like, it's. It's, yeah. it's like, it's tough. And like, if you, if you don't have, in yeah. my opinion, if you don't have like, if you're not used to that kind of like environment, right. it, it can be very dangerous. Cause the director, the director wasn't the one that stopped it. It was, it was like Karen and like the other yeah. people who were like, yo, she needs a break. Yeah. Yeah. You know, literally I was just going to get into that next thing, which was doing parkour for the camera. Like mm-hmm. already having gone through, uh, this journey here, you audition using parkour, wearing whatever you want in a parkour gym, using guns and shooting at nothing. And then you have to pretend then you have to go through the process of callbacks and you got it. You don't got it. You got it. That's a real thing. Like, Oh, you got it. No, you don't. Oh, you got it. Oh, you didn't get it because your hair color is this. It's very specific. And if you don't have a tough skin, you can get like offended by it. So basically don't be a bitch. Like it just is the way it is in that industry. And then you finally make it on set they put you in your in your costumes which for us was basically uh highlighters highlighters <laughs> we were running highlighters and they made us wear like like nike type uh gear uh, and they we have to mark out all the logos we too. were allowed to use our uh parkour shoes thank god but they had to yeah they had to black out the logos mm-hmm. so you're there on set finally after that process and then you're intertwining yourselves with 
actual kid actors who do nothing related to what you do at all, but yeah, you're in the same set, you're in the same room for the same goals. And then when it's time to actually perform, to do the thing that you got auditioned to do, it's like, okay, what's it gonna be like? And I'll tell you, it's fucking exhausting, all right? Because here's the thing. First of all, our director was the most typical British director you could have. I'm talking like you mess up, dude. His name's Jaunty, I believe. Yep. It, it just like I was. I remember one time on the scene, I was because it was three days. I was going down the steps and I had to hide for cover like this and just look legit as fuck. And I was just like, "Yeah, I got this shit." And I like looked around the corner. I was like, mm. and then from the background, I hear, "Hey, Tyler, are you having fun? Because you're looking too serious, eh?" And I was like, <laughs> "Oh, I probably did a bad job." He's. <laughs> he was just like. He was just like, smile a little bit more. And then I was like, I guess I got to switch up the way I think about this scene. And so I went back down the steps that time. And then I just turned the corner instead of going like, like I'm the shit. I turned around. I was like, <laughs> and it wasn't really even parkour at that point. It was just running down steps. And that was the next thing I was going to get into is like, I was excited to do parkour on camera. And then they were like, we cut off most of the stunts. Yep. <laughs> tell them why Nerf, just really, really briefly, tell them why Hasbro decided to cut off all the parkour stunts. The reason why we got auditioned for this thing. They didn't want kids replicating it on, after seeing it on TV. That's right. So they hired parkour athletes who could do legit ass stunts. And then during filming, filmed all those stunts. And then in editing, they were like, yeah, we don't want them anymore because I don't want kids doing it. And That's hurt. right. This is what Hasbro thought in their head when they were like making this commercial. They were like, oh, uh, listen, we might have to cut off the parkour in the commercials. And then the other guys in Hasbro's are like, why, why is that? And they're like, because what if little Jimmy is watching TV and he has the gun and he looks at Tony, AKA pasta boy doing a flip on camera. And then he's like, mom, check this shit out. And then he grabs the camera, does a flip over the couch and then fucks his shit up. And the other person in Hasbro is like, that's a good point. Let's tell everybody on set to take everything out. And then the only thing the parkour athletes are going to do is run. Hey, real quick. Fuck you, Jimmy. <laughs> that's their main concern was that the kids are going to reenact our movements. So from doing a bunch of cool shit, it was reduced to a shoulder roll over a block, one side flip, me doing a speed vault and a Webster, and then a speed vault over a rail. That was it. No, and, and I did another speed vault, I'm pretty sure. You did a speed vault and a side flip. I did, Kobe did a side flip. I did a shoulder roll and uh two speed vaults dude they wouldn't they wouldn't that I, was it that I was it i totally just kissed the microphone they they good they they wouldn't good they wouldn't even let me because we filmed for two for we filmed for pretty much there was one set of new blasters that they were releasing and then there was one really special gun that was like their mecca that they were releasing and they picked me for it they were like you're gonna be the face of it and i was like huh <laughs> what dude honestly when that happened when they picked you i was like well, that was random because <laughs> yeah. they have actors. You know, like Tony didn't like that was a legit acting moment. There was no parkour involved. All he did was point and shoot. And we had like six, no, not six, like four other actors. And they like looked at Tony like you. And he was like, I don't, I don't know how to I'll, do that. I don't know what you want me to do. But <laughs> this is what I was going to say is that like they, they literally, the stunt director was also like trying to get me to like flip in or roll in through a window or something like right one of their fake windows they were excited to use us though. they were excited to use it and then i'm prepping everything and it looks perfect i have the gun they're like can you do it and i was like yeah i just did it five times you saw me and then come to shoot it they were like we're not gonna do any of that how about you just peel around the corner and i was like 
I fucking hate my life. <laughs> Dude. But I'm in the Nerf commercial, so yeah. fuck them. So when I was saying how simple our parkour movements were, obviously we're excited to do bigger and cooler stuff on camera because that's kind of what you got set there to do. But then when it comes down to it, one shoulder roll actually starts to become a little bit taxing with the guns and also having to like do something prior to it. So you have to kind of set up the shot. You can, they don't just like tell you to do a shoulder roll and that's the first thing you do. Like you have to like traverse down some steps, hide behind mm -hmm. a block, get up and then roll and you have to repeat that over and over again. And all of a sudden, one simple shoulder roll over a block is like the worst thing ever. I had to do that freaking shot. I'll, like I said, I'll show the commercial in a second. I had to do that same freaking shot over and over again. And after a while, I was like, I don't want to do a fucking shoulder roll ever again over yeah. a block. Like, eat my dick. And then I had to do a speed vault over and take a high drop multiple times. And then after that, I was like, I don't want to do a speed vault ever if, fucking again. If you're going to show the commercial, I can, we can show. We'll break the, it down. Like the scene that I'm talking about where the girl almost passed out. Yeah. They can see how long that scene is. And we had to do it like literally 15, 20 times. Yeah, yeah. Fucking heat. We'll, we'll break it down. And for those of you that are listening to uh, the podcast on our website, Apple, Spotify, or Google, uh, tune into the YouTube to watch the Nerf commercial, um, or I'll just leave the link in there. You can watch it yourself, but Real we're going to go through it. Do you want to just really quick, yeah. like just give an example of like Jonesy when he uh, yelled at that one guy to get the blasters when he was, remember, was, remember Dude, he was walking away? This guy was a fucking trip because he would snap on you in one scene, then you do it good, and then he just turn into somebody else. Yep. He would literally, what, what, what did he say to the blaster one? I don't remember the, that. The, there was a guy, so like, first of all, we had our own little chairs that we sat in when we were waiting because we were thinking that we were the They had shit. tents set up for us outside. We started early as fuck. Yeah. And they had tents for us outside to sit before they like got up to say, all right, next scene. And then it was your turn because when you're not on camera, you ha you're sitting. Mm -hmm. like, that's it. It's just, it, that's all it is. It's just sit. You're not on camera, and then it's your turn. Get up, film it. When your shot is done, sit back down, wait again. That's yep. it. And sometimes it, you wait for hours. It literally fucking sucks because your muscles get cold. And if you're an athlete, you, you know have to rewarm up. So we brought warm up tools and stuff like that. But anyway, but pretty much like we were in one scene um, where we were like inside the building and like we were getting ready to shoot the next scene. Everyone was ready. And apparently it was this guy's job to get the blasters and bring them to set. Like that was his job to literally go get the blasters and bring them <laughs> over to the shooting location. And I guess he didn't, or he brought the wrong one. And then Jonesy was like, you better get those blasters. And he starts walking back. And then I, you literally just hear Jonesy from the distance be like, can you fucking run? We're waiting on you. We're waiting on you. And then this black guy, I like, I like looked at his face. And uh, yeah, I call him a black guy. Like, eat a dick, you know? <laughs> he, I literally looked at his face and like, he was like, he his face was like i'm about to quit my job right now <laughs> and just sped walk a little bit and then just started jog jogging and jonty was losing his shit dude really yeah why don't i remember this you might have been in the um there was another so there was a waiting point we had on set and then there was a break room which is where they had all like the props and the clothing and whatnot typically if they were just shooting one team the other team was in the break room Dude, Jaunty hit his head on the metal beam when we were filming the attic scene. Oh my god. That shit was god. hilarious because like it was instant karma. He yelled at somebody, turn around, boom, like right there in the forehead. He's like, oh shit. <laughs> like, I think he was yelling at I don't know, like, let's just put Kobe in this scenario, because fuck Kobe. He was like, Kobe, what are you doing? Back up! Back up! Turns around, boom. <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> And I watched him put his hand on his head, like rub it, be like, oh, shit. 
God damn it. I knew that was instant karma, but I'm not going to admit it. So I'm going to walk away. Oh my God. Dude, that was it for sure. And I was just like, I just like looking like a highlighter with glasses on with no fucking tint because they're Nerf glasses and I'm holding the blaster. I'm just like instant karma, bitch. Like, you know? And then I had to just wait there in front of a shopping cart. And then wait for their for them to call action. But yeah, he would like oh. snap on somebody. But then next thing you know, he would be like, "Oh, that was brilliant, good shot. That was good, good job, Tyler." Like that kind of thing. And I was like, "Hey, man, I kind of half like you, half don't. <laughs> you're you're all right." And so uh, that was that. But anyway, the the process of filming it was a lot of like I said, waiting, sitting, being in the room where you're with the other actors in AC or outside under a tent. Then you get up, it's your turn to film and you get back down. A lot of it was running. A lot of parkour was cut out and we were a little bit upset about that, but it's okay because Tony and I and Kobe got to throw some flips. I got to throw a vault or two. Um, but then those vaults are flips over and over and over again, because it's not your job to recap the footage. It's up to them to recap the footage. Mm -hmm. So, you know, uh, that kind of repetition kind of gets to you even when the even when the movement is as simple as it is the repetition will get to you so for those of you that are like man i can't wait to do a parkour in a commercial or i want to do parkour and free running on a commercial yes you definitely can but just understand that it's not up to you to do any of the stuff that you want to do it's up to them to tell you hey you're going to do this and then that type of movement whatever it might be has to be repeated over and over again you got to be ready for that especially when you got to get cold and you sit down and you got to rewarm up again yep. because you're an athlete on set not an actor those kids are just chilling there eating some freaking fruit gummies just like this is my job we're over here with and a, we're just like hyper on massage gun like, mm. oh man fuck the side flip it's 7 a.m <laughs> that's kind of how oh it was oh my god that's another i don't know if you even want to get into that uh, like set times is another no no talking point for that so the last no no the last talking point is uh the whole aspect of getting paid but before we get into that i do want to touch on how early you had to be there and okay what what kind of mindset you have to be to Shit like pass the time sucked. yeah how early did we have to wake up to get there on set tony we had to wake up at like like 5 30 probably because we had to be on set at like 6 six thirty. sometimes if we were lucky it was 7 a.m but here's my fucking thing like we would have to be on set at like 6 a.m but we weren't shooting till like fucking 1 p.m <laughs> so why are we on set that's so at true 6 a.m dude that's so accurate i like the blue team when when we got there we were chilling on set from 6 a.m literally till like 12 30 or 1 not doing a damn thing and it, they were filming all the orange team scenes my and team. we were just like my team why the fuck are we here? Right, yeah. Like you I remember getting up at like a five something AM, driving to this place, which was the Hialeah racetrack, which is where, you know, you watch horses race, you know, because this is the nineteen fucking fifties, huh? And you bet on horses and be like, Yeah, you go that horse and I hope you win because I put a lot of money on this. Hey pal, that's how they talk in the nineteen fifties. <laughs> that's what was going on in my head when I saw this place. But it was basically just a little casino that really old weird people went to and watched us as they entered the casino be like, I wonder what's going on here, even though there's a fuck ton of cameras everywhere. Oh and God. obviously there's a commercial going on, but the face that they have on is just like, huh, I wonder what that is. And then they walk into this casino that nobody should be at, and then they play casino games. That's yep. what that place was. And I'd had to get there at 6 a.m. and then sit there for three hours until it was or more, and then until it was my turn to film. Yep. And that would happen to either me or Tony. And we're just like, okay, hold on. Let's wait a second here. Mm -hmm. We're on a Nerf commercial. And then your mind's like, okay, that's enough. Let's pass the time some more. And then you go off into, you know what I mean? Like, yep. that's enough gratitude. <laughs> 
Um, but the last thing before we end this segment on the Nerf commercial, I mean, once again, we're going to loop back to the story on how we got to the fitting, which is crazy. And show them the video too, right? And we'll show the video at the end of the podcast as well. I think we're going to do it at the end because it's easier to, uh, well, you know what? No, we can, yeah, let's just, let's just watch it after, uh, we've touched this last point, which is okay. getting paid to do parkour in a commercial and how that changes your perspective as an athlete, because it is very easy to get paid that much money, which we'll say shortly that much money to do a couple of speed vaults or side flips like i said earlier and then be like oh i could just do this forever and i don't have to really train or get better anymore i could just do this no not for me <laughs> we should have like an auto tune dude session. that was that was <laughs> nope no it wasn't yeah you're right <laughs> so we got paid fifty four hundred dollars Three thousand to get air. It was fifty four fifty, I think, right? Fifty four fifty. Yeah. And that kind of money, I was able to say that, right? I don't give a fuck. I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that kind of money can make you easily go like, oh, I just gotta do a couple of side flips in a commercial, and I'm good. And if that's the route you want to go to, fine. Do it. I'm not like punch me in the dick before that happens. Step on my toe and punch me in the dick before that happens. I'd rather become the athlete that I. Uh, he's stepping on my toe. <laughs> I'd rather become the athlete that I envisioned myself ever since I started parkour over and over again, training over and over again, get to that point before I just settle on a couple of flips and be like, yeah, that's enough. Like, I understand making money is a big deal and whatnot, and we did make that money, but like the ambition to become a better athlete is still there. The whole aspect of getting paid that much money for a couple movements on camera did not change my perspective on my training or as my viewpoint on an athlete. However, that might happen to some people. And that's okay, but make sure you define what you want first. If you want to be that athlete, don't let something like this, this experience, change that. Only allow it to affect you in terms of like, man, this is a great experience that I just had because of my training. I'm going to keep going, see what else is out there. Instead of just going like, oh, I could just do flips on camera and I'm good. And hold the gun. Oh, sorry. It's a blaster. Blaster. You know what I mean? So like, what's your take on having that potentially change someone's perspective on their training and parkour and fearing and their goals in that realm of movement well i mean like if if that's your main goal to kind of just get into stunts because that's a lot of people's goals is they start parkour and they're like they, they don't know too much where it's going but then they find an avenue and stunts and they're like oh this is cool i can get paid for what i was you know learning to do all my life which is do parkour and do flips i'm gonna do that but the problem is is that like you said you're you take away time from what you actually wanted to do Right. And your skill level and that and parkour itself goes down. Your skill level and stunts may go up, but for parkour, it goes down. Like I've seen a lot of stunt people or ex parkour people. I mean, they're still parkour people, but they go into the stunt world and they don't train parkour as much because they're doing stunts. They're doing their job, which is fine. If that's what you love to do, do it. But like for me or for us, for example, that's not like that's not the avenue we want to take as far as having that as like a side thing that we can do where our agents like, hey, we got this commercial. It's a, it's a week shoot. You got to do it or you can do it. It pays you this. We're like, fuck it. We'll do it. You know, we go on set, we shoot for a week, we come back, we're back to our regular lifestyle and what we do, you know? Right. That's, that's, that's our outlook on that's, oh, that's my outlook on what I like to do. You know, I don't, I, for me personally, I don't ever want to take up a full-time position and like doing stunts for it. I'd rather it be like a part-time thing. I'd yeah, no. So I wouldn't want to do like full-time, full-time stunts. Uh, I'd like to have it <clears throat> like occur 
within my career every now and then kind of like a sprinkle effect mm -hmm. but there's others that want to do stunts only and that's fucking awesome because guess what it is taxing as shit it's it's badass to do they stunts. deserve all of the credit because holy fuck but for me it's just not entirely what i'd like to do knowing that i'm in a commercial knowing that i'm doing parkour and free running on camera for a product or what have you or a show is awesome to me but i wouldn't do it all the time i just like have it sprinkled within all the other things i'm doing so yeah, I, that's my take. Well, that's our take on the whole aspect of getting paid, especially that much or more, maybe to others who are listening to this potentially and have done stunt jobs, they listen to that price and they're like, you know, yeah, no, like whether it's guaranteed, we probably didn't get as paid as much as other people. Yeah. Yeah. Did, but, but whether it's less or more, it doesn't matter. You're still getting paid that much money to do the thing that you used to train for by yourself at a gym or outside for free. You get your camera rolling with your friends or by yourself and you train flips in your backyard or in the gym. You're like, man, I really want to get this move. And then all of a sudden that just turns into, all right, camera's rolling, three, two, one. And now you're doing all those flips on an actual commercial set. That will change your world up. That'll change your perspective up. And if it doesn't, if, if it doesn't like make you question, okay, what do I want to keep doing with this? Then I don't know what's going on in your head because you should automatically be like, okay, do I continue? to do what I was doing at the gym and train for myself and then wait for other opportunities? Or am I just going to pursue this one thing and that that's what I'm going to do? Either one is not bad. It just depends on what you want. So with that being said, we're going to show the Nerf commercial before we go into our segment break, which oh, is an HQ shit. update. Um, we're going to watch the Nerf commercial. It's a minute and 10 seconds long. I'm going to put it up on the monitor here. Koi, is the camera recording here? Uh, the side this camera? One is not. This one's not? All right, we'll turn it on and then hit record. And you shook the first camera. Good job. Yeah, I have a professional. It's only our second episode. And, uh, <laughs> one dead, like my, oh! Just zoom it all the way into the monitor. Yeah, zoom in. Um, just literally zoom it, it in it's all on, the way into the it's monitor. It's on the lens. Hit record. Yeah. No, we hit hired record. him as the camera guy, but the problem is that he's not very good at cameras. I go? Hit record. So we have the Nerf commercial here. We're going to drag it onto the monitor and we'll watch it first. And then from there, like Tony, and I will describe some of the scenes that happened and how it actually feels like or looks like behind the scenes with it. Don't, don't move. Keep it where it was. It's, I zoom in and post. Let the games begin. Oh, look at oh, that, who's that cutie. Oh. Oh, that's that's the scene. That's the speedball. I, I don't know what the hell that is. Damn, that part was cute. It was me. Fake darts, sick. There's a shoulder roll and speedball that I told you about. Sold separately, batteries and eyewear none included. It's definitely nothing. Alright, let's start back from over here. So this scene right here, Tony, you're right here. Here's Kobe on your team and here's Mike. Tell me about that scene real quick. Uh, that was probably the easiest scene we ever did on set. Yeah, because you ran. Yeah, we literally just forward. sat up and we're just like, alright, sprint forward. And we did that probably like five times. This right here, this scene, 
I'm going to tell you right now, I'm right here. They cut me out. Why? Because I was probably jiggling. Your boy was 220 pounds of that summer. He ate way too much. But don't worry. He's at 195 now, and we're getting lower. But right there, I was fucking fat. And they were like, we should probably cut that part out. And then they kept these three beautiful motherfuckers in there instead of me. Because that's my foot. <laughs> Do you see my face or my body in there? No. I was actually kind of... <laughs> I was kind of concerned that I was jiggling, though, in that scene. I was actually like, man, I'm probably not going to look that great sprinting, especially when it's 6 a.m. I think that was like 7 a.m. over there or something. Where's my mouse? So we had to sprint that like 10 times. And then we went into this scene right here where they actually did shoot my face. And I was like, oh, and I had to actually make sure I made Jaunty, the director, happy by smiling, looking like I was a good time pumping this plastic blaster. I actually remember seeing that. Like we had to sprint, we had to sprint to this block, grab it, and I had to like act. Yeah, look like I'm looking forward to shooting somebody. Was, like nobody plays Nerf in an environment like that, but I had to make sure that I was looking forward to it. There's two buck teeth right there. And then we had to run off. And then so here's Tony's scene. This scene is the scene I was touching on earlier where we had to do this part running through the gate and flipping all over the blocks like 20 fucking times. And this is where the girl pretty much got dehydrated. But do not attempt professional stunts on closed court. Yes, I like to think so. They, they had to put that there on top of all of already the small stunts we had to do. So and then fun fact about this one. So this speed vault coming up. God, I'm so cute. This your speed, face, this speed vault coming up. So like I said, we had to do this a bunch of fucking times. Yeah. And then one time we did it. My knee actually clipped the block. Not here. Really? And the block because those blocks, they're not concrete. They're very flimsy wood they and made it look like it was concrete blocks it was very good good job actually yeah. but for us it was like this is a little sketch but like i pretty much i hit i went pretty much what i had to do is i had to put my hand in the middle of the block so it wouldn't tip but on when i was still figuring it out because we just they were like all right do your thing that's right. literally how it is they're right. like all right do your thing and i went to speed vault and i put my hand too far uh along the block and the block tipped and then my knee hit it and the block fell over and i had to roll and then act like I was okay. Right. And I was ready to do it. Because one, I was like, this is my moment to shine. I was like, you're not taking this away from me. <laughs> this is all me. And then you can actually, actually, I don't know if it's in this one. There's there's literally a scene where like, because they didn't want you to lean up against the blocks. Where after this, I like lean up next to something and I actually moved the block by accident. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I don't I, know if it's in this. It's on my phone. Probably not. But anyway, so here's your speedball. <laughs> And then this is the running scene through the smoke. Once again, concerned about my jiggles. And I ran through the smoke. And then for some reason, it didn't occur to me that I was going to be on camera. And this actor fucker next to me is looking great. While I look like I'm sniffing <laughs> the worst smoke ever. <laughs> what the hell is going on there? This guy is all like, yeah, I belong in the action version of Calvin Klein. And I'm over here like, <laughs> what is this, man? What am I doing? I don't even remember. And he's all like, ugh. Oh, safety vaults. Oh, they did also, that a bunch of times. I was supposed to. They supposed. I did a Webster off of that, and they were supposed to put it in there, and they yeah, didn't. They cut out my scene too. I side yeah. flipped over the wall, over the wall to come in. Another example of how they were cutting down our stunts. They cut out probably like half of the shot. Yeah. So that was the first thing we ever shot when I got there. That was the first day of filming that yep. courtyard scene. Uh, this motherfucker again. And this air, this scene right here, uh, the director got mad at the cameraman for not having filmed this correctly to put uh, animated darts. That was hilarious to watch. That took a while to do. 
in that scene i did a double speed vault or a double safety vault it looked pretty sick never put it in <laughs> what the fuck is look, that face i don't know look i'm like animated okay i'm i'm invested i'm invested when i'm in that scene and i'm on set i think it's for real okay they're not they're just they're just there because they know how to look good on camera <laughs> and so i obviously look like i'm taking a shit um and so that was the scene i was talking about where I'm running down the stairs and hiding behind a block and then looking like i had a fun time and they never put it in there tony's is in there though that's michael morrison he's in south florida he trains parkour as looking well. like a snack looking like a full snack but also looking like he sniffed something wrong animated bullets sick and then this is the shoulder roll i was talking about that i got sick of speed vault drop look you can tell hey you could tell that i was getting tired of that drop because look at my tech <laughs> straddle <laughs> like i don't take drops like that but after a while i was like fuck it and then this is the uh attic scene i was talking about where the director hit his head on a beam <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was he was yelling at kobe or somebody and that's the girl that passed out uh no, almost passed not. out no it's not that wasn't her no it's the girl on my team oh this girl on your yeah, team yeah. that's this what i'm saying i don't think the girl on my yeah, team didn't no. do flips this is the girl that did flips she was on my team this was the this took a while kobe Sideflip made it in Okay, now let's just explain something real quick. Do you guys see me in that scene? No, right? It's because I was trying to be like, hey, Gianti, the director, can I do this cool thing to descend down the steps? And he was like, sure, Tyler. Do you know why? Because they cut me out of the <laughs> fucking shot. I'm way the fuck over here, running down the ramp or the hand, the hand walk thing of the stairs and i'm like yeah sprinting i'm on this side of the shot and they're like yeah go ahead tyler it's fine we'll put you in there no <laughs> and then to top it all off look at this fuck i know him he knows me fuck you <laughs> and then technically my shot i did a punch front over here and then ran they just let me do it for the fun of it. They were like, you know how you let a kid just do something for the fun of it? And be like, yeah, go ahead. They just let me do it for the fun of it. They were never going to use it in the first place. So I just looked like an idiot doing front flip, front flip, front flip, front flip, front flip, running over. And the real shot they wanted of me was just to stand there because they're supposed to do a slow motion shot of animated darts going. So we had to look like we were frozen in time. But in reality, I'm just holding it there. That's the actual real shot they wanted of me. Not the other bullshit that they just let me do and let slide. That's a face of, like, being tricked. That's a trickery face. And that's Yesenia. She also trains, and she got the part as well when we auditioned. And then... That's us winning because we're better. And there's there's your boy being at 220. <laughs> and then that's the end of the shot. I don't know if you have uh, the one I did, the ultra oh, one. God, that's 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 it. You want, you want me to look up the ultra one of what Tony did? If you lose, the one where Tony didn't do any parkour, but they chose him to be the star child? Peeling around the fucking corner. Uh, uh, oh, wait. Go down, go down. All right, no. I'm going to put add. Type in ultra one, that's what it's called. It's called Ultra One. Yeah. Click that one. The, the second one. The second one? Yep. Oh, here we go. 
Look, there's the, there's your boy. <laughs> That's fucking it. Look, look, there's That's your it. boy. He auditioned and did a bunch of parkour and free running to get into this commercial and look at all the parkour and free running he fucking does. They didn't even put me peeling around the corner. Look at that. He even not only did he add like a squint, he also added a smirk. Oh, you know what I didn't mm. tell you? You know what I didn't tell you for this scene? Mm. They they came by and trimmed my nails because they were like they look too dirty. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I didn't know that, dude. Yeah. That's the first I've heard of that. Look at that smirk and the squint. Mm. He knew he was holding an exclusive product that wasn't available at the time. That must mm. that makes me feel kind of cool. Like, here's this product that we haven't released to the public. Hold it. And you're like, okay. Yep. If you were a kid, you'd be freaking the fuck out. They gave you yeah, this. I'm freaking the fuck out right now. They gave I'm you this there. vest. We look like, you kind of look like a Power Ranger on its off day. Yep. I remember when I came out of the changing room with like the clothes on and like they were just like they were chilling <laughs> and like when I when they saw me like I'm pretty sure they were laughing. Dude, look. And like that's it. That's all. That was the shot. That was that's it. it. That's they took him aside specially for this just for that scene right there. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't even get to pick. They gave us free blasters. I didn't even get to fucking pick one. Because these fuckers took it because I was shooting the scene. <laughs> While he was shooting the scene, we all already wrapped up and they allowed us, the people that worked on set, to take whatever blasters we wanted home. And it was kind of like a free-for-all thing and they just had this big-ass table with a bunch of Nerf guns packaged up nicely. That was pretty cool. And we all just like hungry animals ran over to the table, picked up all of our Nerf guns, and then as soon as Tony came in, he was like, but what about me? <laughs> like there was, not, there was barely anything for him to take. Uh, Wait, type in real quick. As the last thing, just type in Ultra One Teaser. Okay. Enter. There's there's one. I'm trying. I don't remember where like what it looks like. Yeah, fuck them. Nah, it. forget it. Yeah. But either way, uh, that's like a quick little like, um, fun bit on. Get over here on uh, on doing parkour and nerf commercial. Now, like I said, at the end of this podcast, we're going to tell the story of how Tony and I managed to get from New York to the nerf fitting in Miami, Florida, with almost five minutes left of walking into the door with no rest. It, oh God, I can't, I can't wait to tell that. We'll get that to the ending. Before we get into that, though, we're going to go ahead and get into our next segment, which is the headquarter updates. An update or updates on what's going on in our house. The first thing is that our main man, Koi White, is, uh, is staying with us, and he's don't, a key part in the story right? at the end. Go ahead. Show your face, Koi. <laughs> all right all right you can take your face out that's coy white he he is a huge part in the story that we're gonna tell at the end um the second thing is how julian left two bowls of rice in the refrigerator without knowing it <laughs> <laughs> julian's sitting right across over there julian julian literally no 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 i got it you got it okay <laughs> oh yeah i video it. <laughs> yeah yeah this is a, this is a second update of the hq bro this man put one bowl of rice in the fridge and then put another bowl of rice on top of his old bowl of rice. <laughs> so, so that Julian's looking, he was looking at us just so like, I hate you guys. Yeah, straight up. <laughs> uh, no, so this. that's a second update, but don't worry. Now the pressure's on me because I also fucked up. I made the house leak or in better terms, I made it wet. Yeah, basically, um, I'm trying to do ice baths in my bathroom, but my shower doesn't have a tub. It just goes to the floor. So I needed something to like submerge myself in. So I bought a two and a half foot freestanding inflatable bathtub. And I decided to be like, huh, 
I don't have enough room to shower really if the thing is inside of the shower. So how about I create a little space outside, put the tub there, and that way I can shower and then step into the tub. <sighs> no. See, your boy isn't that smart. I put a tarp <laughs> underneath the two and a half foot standing bathtub thinking that it can contain the water. I kept the water in there. And then the next day I was told that my room was leaking. And I was like, hey, what? Walked outside to the patio, looked up. There was literally bulging <laughs> nipples, bulging nipples coming from the ceiling of our patio, dripping water, two of them. And then like a crack falling each one. They were milking. They were. <laughs> yeah, I, I made the house leak. And so instant and in, in, in immediately I had to go upstairs and start draining the water out of the tub and be like, well, I guess I have to put the tub inside the shower now and then shower in the little space that it allows me to like this and then step into the bathtub and then do an ice bath. So, uh, sometimes we make mistakes in this house and that's okay. And once we do, you guys will know about it. <laughs> Don't just like, you're still an idiot. <laughs> All right. So with that little update on the house, uh, we're going to go right into our next segment, which is we're going to talk about how to deal with muggles in public and how we feel about it now, as opposed to when we were teenagers, because honestly, right now it's getting on my fucking nerves. Um, so real quick, let's just talk about the change of perspective over time about how when you were training outside in public, whether on purpose or not, because you just were training, the feeling you got when you knew people, normal people were watching you as opposed to when that happens now. So when you were a teenager, like 17 or 16 years old, and you're like, yeah, I'm gonna do this cool ass rifle off this wall. And it's kind of like in front of an area where public people, you know, would be at, and you knew that they were watching you. How did you feel? Don't fucking lie to me, because I know how you felt, because I also felt the same way, so say it. I was an egotistical little kid, so <laughs> I, I, I felt pretty good. So back then, when someone would ask you to do something, you'd be like, yeah, I'm going to do it because I learned it last week, so I feel cool that I learned it last week. Now, I actually just punch them in the face. But, <laughs> but back then, when they were watching you, you're like, oh, shit, I got to do another cool one. You felt like this like rising, yeah. like, oh, yeah. It's it's like, yeah, it's like the moment thing. Yeah, you you feel cool as shit because you know you're doing something that normal people can't. And you're like, hell, yeah, watch me some more. If anything, you want them to keep watching you, yeah. right? Because <clears throat> you know you can't do anything else good. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I remember I went to this spot that was kind of in front of a restaurant, and I was doing palm flips, and I knew people were watching me while eating. And I wanted to keep doing palm flips. And I was 17. Now that I'm 22, I do not feel the same way at all. In fact, I don't want to do that anymore because I know it looks like I'm being a dick showing off. Especially when I don't look that good with my baggy ass sweatpants. And to them, I look homeless. But to me, I'm like, I'm Spanish. You know what? If you think about <laughs> it, sorry to cut you off. But if you think about it, like back then, because you wore the same baggy fucking sweatpants. Mm-hmm. You probably thought they were looking at you for your skill level, but they're probably just looking Look at, at you for my your pants. fucking pants. Right, exactly. But now that I know that if I were to do flips in front of people that I look like either, even if I'm not wearing the pants, if I'm wearing joggers, I'm still doing flips. I still look like this showy off motherfucker. I don't like that feeling. I don't, I'm not, I don't do the whole show off thing. Okay. I'm doing it for myself. So my perspective has changed drastically. And I think that has something to do with growing up in your adolescence as a teenager, mm -hmm. as a teenager, you want like attention because you don't know who you are yet. A hundred percent. Also, so your that parents don't give it to you. <laughs> Whoa. 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 <laughs> and then also when you're into an adult, it kind of changes and you know who you are, you know what you want. And like that whole aspect of people watching you you kind of get turned off by it instead of turned on by it. And so it's just like, I don't really want to be here doing the flips in front of people. And so I have an example of what I'm talking about as how, as how my perspective has changed now. So the story about when I was 17 doing palm flips, people watching me through the restaurant, I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Like, I feel cool. Like, I'm going to act like I don't 
know that they're watching, I'm going to keep doing it. That's kind of, that's stupid. So as a, to flip that script in 2018, uh, SoFlo Movement did a tour around the entire state of Florida. We visited eight cities and held uh, a jam, and uh, we did it in two weeks in a 15-passenger van. If you don't know about this, we did a full IGTV episode series on Instagram for it. You guys can check it out. I'll leave the link. But in the Gainesville stop, which is the second stop, we were doing a line for the video that we for the for the IGTV videos. Oh my god, I know what you're talking about. And now. these college fucks, and here's the thing, I'm also a college fuck, but not like these guys. Okay, look. Let me explain something to you people. And for those of you that do parkour and free running, let me know if you're on the same side. Hey, if you say do a flip for the snap, I'm just going to go like this. And I did something for your snap, dude. I'm not going to do a fucking backflip for your Snapchat, because guess what? I don't care, and neither do the people on your Snapchat care. Nobody gives a fuck about what you post. You understand? So if I'm doing a flip, what fucking difference does it make if you post something else? Because they're gonna screen, they're just gonna go right through your Snapchat and be like, ah, oh, cool, 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 because nobody cares. Don't talk to me like I'm a circus monkey. That exact moment happened in Gainesville. I was doing flips with Monkey, our team member, and he was like, whoa, do a flip for the snap. Dude, you know how bad I wanted to be like, no. <laughs> from a distance, like yell it so I can like feel the passion and the rage. Do you see the perspective change from like, yeah, I want to do palm flips in front of people watching me through a restaurant to fuck your Snapchat, bro. <laughs> Dude, I can't explain or express enough how when you're training and you're on a job kind of, or even if you're not on a job, you're just trying to make a project for yourself. And then someone comes up to you and they're just straight up like, hey, do that again for the snap. I don't know you. I don't care about your Snapchat. And I'm doing this for me, bro. So I I just I don't I'm still trying to figure out exactly where my <laughs> where that shift happened. Because I don't know if you feel the same. <laughs> dude, you just went off. Because like it pisses me off, dude. These muggles, like, I mean, I, it's this, it's supposed to be a funny term about, you know, muggles. Because in Harry Potter world, if you're not a wizard, a.k.a. normal person, you're a muggle. So, for some reason, somewhere along the line, somebody in the parkour and fear running world, and I think England, just gave normal people the same term if they don't do parkour and fear running. And I'm going to keep it, okay? Especially the those <laughs> that asked me to do flips for their snap. These muggles, man, they just, they look at what we're doing, and I get it too, okay? I can see the other perspective, because to them, going up in the air and doing a complete bodily rotation and then coming back down to your feet and landing it and being okay, to them, aka a backflip, <laughs> to them, it's like the coolest thing ever. Like, oh my god, do it again. You can do a 14-foot running precision and stick the shit out of it, which is way harder than a backflip, and they'll be like, but can you do a backflip though? And I'll be like, but can you get the fuck out of my face though? Huh? Dude, I'm pretty sure, like, I'm pretty sure you hurt some people's feelings. I don't care, <laughs> no, man. No, I know you don't. Oh. Like, and his thing, like, I know you were talking just out of, like, the people, because people probably watching don't fucking do that. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> like listening to you, I was just like, to be honest, my feelings feel kind of hurt, and I don't even do that. <laughs> Dude, the Snapchat stuff? Yeah. Yeah, well, because they need to know. <laughs> Snap. Look, you need to know. I, I don't give a fuck about Snapchat. Snapchat is a medium. Here's the thing, right? And I'm just going to get real about life real quick. We're going to cut the parkour and fear and we're going to pause it real quick. Listen, people like to watch reality TV shows because they want to distract their own lives by watching somebody else's life, which by the way is fake. And what are you doing on Snapchat? You're distracting your life by watching somebody else's life. Oh. So why the fuck do I care about doing a backflip on yours so somebody else can watch it and be like, call that happened. I'm not a circus monkey. I'm training for myself, dude. 
So when you're doing that, if you are watching this or listening to this and you do that, don't do it anymore. Or at least if you see me, just be like, probably should avoid that guy. I mean, you probably already would think that because of my pants, but <laughs> now there's more of a reason. Tony, I'm going to stop ranting and you just go ahead and say your perspective on people asking you to do flips for their social media, even though you're just trying to do stuff for yourself. I'm going to keep mine short. Um, I don't want to. I'm I'm just going to go back doing the jump that I was trying to film for my video because I care about that. And that's all. Now, everything I just ranted about is for the people who the first thing they do when they see you doing parkour in public is scream, Parkour! Do a backflip, bro! Shut the fuck up. <laughs> those are for those people. Now, there's different muggles who come up to you and they immediately respect what you're doing and they actually know what's going on. Like, oh, man, I really, I really like that. That's great. Hey, what's your guys' uh, team name? What's your guys' Instagram? Let me get that. I really appreciate this movement. I've had that happen. I went to Bank of America not too long ago to wire transfer money to Monkey to have him ship us a package because he's broke and he <laughs> and he literally was like oh I, I really love that i watched this movie and i loved it can i get your instagram name for your parkour team that is awesome that to me is the best way of interaction uh, of people who don't do parkour and fear running but appreciate what you're doing not blatantly yelling do a backflip for the snap who the fuck do you think you are <laughs> But it's okay because they, I understand, they don't, they don't know any better. They see it and they think it's the coolest thing ever and the only medium they have to see this stuff is action movies or Instagram. They are not in the parkour and freewheeling world. They don't know what it's like. They don't understand that it's a legit sport that you train. They just see it as like this crazy superhero stuff and then when they see it in public, it's like watching like a movie in real life. So they just immediately react and then they fall to their phone and be like, do this for this. And I'm gonna be like, no, go over there for that. <laughs> All right, well... Now that they know that, now that they know that <laughs> I want to talk about the last thing is how to deal. Like that's my reaction towards it. And a lot of people might not feel the same because some people might be not as, you know, aggressive as me or whatever, but there are ways, like I don't deal with those scenarios the way I just expressed it. So there's different ways to deal with different scenarios. Let's just start off with the one that I fucking hate, which is the one I expressed about when the first thing they say is parkour or do it for the Instagram or do it for the snap while you're training and filming like immediately they just step up and like they hold your phone they're ho they, they hold their phone in front of your face and they ask you to do movements right then and there let's talk about how to deal with that scenario if that were to happen right say we're at uh USF or no fuck it, we're at we're at games but we're at a spot in Florida Brooksville and you're like you have your headphones in or a speaker and you're like ready to do a drop pre that you've been eyeing up and someone is just like oh my god is that parkour and they run up to you and they're like hey dual flip for the gram and you're like ready to go what is your reaction in your head first get the fuck out of my face right but obviously because we don't want to be we don't want to portray like these like really mm -hmm. aggressive reckless athletes sure. like kind of maybe like some skateboarders or whatever mm -hmm. although we can react that way what would be your immediate reaction in that moment out loud like in like your actual interaction like like their phone is pretty much in my face they're asking you to do a flip and their phone's in my face for their phone i punch them in the face. <laughs> <laughs> no like how would you deal with that scenario for real and this is, goes for anybody who act, has ad, has had this experience where you're training and someone is like asking you to do a flip for their phone if you are people if you're a person that does not appreciate that how would they deal with that my recommendation on how you deal with that is just politely try and tell them no mm -hmm. de-escalate the situation from inside your head because at the end of the day you're you don't want to portray a bad negative vibe 
off of one the sport you're doing and yourself and if you're for, if you're someone who's trying to build up a name for yourself too you don't want to go around like having people think you're a dickhead so when things like that happen de-escalate it in your head and just politely tell them hey man or girl i'm doing this jump right now we're filming for a video i'm just training i'm gonna I'm going to do this. I'm not going to do it for your snap right now. I'm sorry. But if you want, you can check out our team. We're not our Instagram. If you want to give us a follow, you can see all of our cool stuff there. Yeah. If you feel like doing it later because you're just like, fuck it, I'll do it later when I'm done doing this jump. Tell them that. Tell yeah. them if you want, when I'm done doing this jump that I'm prepping for, if you want to hang around for like 10, 15 minutes, right. I'll do a backflip for you then. Yeah. I just walk away. But <laughs> <laughs> do a flip. Turns around, walks away. Broke my concentration. No, I think what Tony did uh, or said is great. And I think I've done that before. I'm like, hey, man, I really can't do that right now. I'm like trying to just focus on this jump. Like just immediately address what you're really doing and just like get them to realize that it's a little bit more serious than mm -hmm. just a fucking office joke. And that's the problem with that scene. I love that show. But oh, the, that's yeah. that intro scene where hardcore parkour and then Dwight jumps up in the air, Fuck opens it. a refrigerator and closes it. Yes, it's very funny. And I like that show. But the problem with that scene is that it's made what we do look like a joke to the regular people. Mm -hmm. And so when they see it in person, they're like, Oh, parkour, haha, <laughs> hardcore parkour. Because that's what they think is normal. That's what they think is normal. They think it's a joke. And then when they actually see that what we're doing is like, fucking legit all of a sudden they get quiet yeah and all of a sudden it's like oh yeah maybe i shouldn't have yelled that so if you can just kind of cut them off when they're like telling you to do a flip for their phone and let them realize like okay this is kind of real what he's doing he's focusing that'll help a lot more times and less too they'll, they'll understand if you say it yeah that way. yeah they will but i've had times where they haven't yeah like, and in that case fuck them yeah like i actually had this one time uh, this one time this kid came up tony and i were filming for um, a bang video at USF and we were getting ready to do a run POV style and this kid came up and was like wait wait do you, you guys do parkour and I was like yeah man and he was like N but not hardcore parkour as if there's a fucking tier over parkour like there's parkour but hey if you're really good you do hardcore parkour like that was a real thing that he put in his head that that was a real deal and I had to look at him and every ounce of my energy had to stop me from going fuck you <laughs> I had to like muster it up and it came out as ah no just parkour because I wanted to punch him in the teeth but he doesn't know any better and that's okay you have to have that perspective you have to like step outside of what you know from parkour and only see things from someone that doesn't know anything about it and be like okay i can understand why he would think that because all he watches hardcore parkour jokes the office mm -hmm. if you watch that and you think it's real and you see people doing it in real life you're gonna ask them that question because you don't know any better but to me it's just like <sighs> also like real quick if you're someone who does not practice parkour and maybe you just follow us because you think we're a bunch of funny assholes like and you're don't be one of those people pretty much don't yeah. go up to someone if you see them doing parkour and be like hey do a backflip but hey are you doing hardcore parkour if you want to know more about it wait till you see them kind of hanging around a little bit and then go up and talk yeah. to them like a regular human being yep. because we'd appreciate it and honestly that goes for other sports that are in the street like skateboarding and stuff like that do Absolutely. the same thing for them and also we're more understanding than skateboarders skateboarders will tell you to fuck off right then and there they don't care they had it bro and some parkour people are like that too but majority of them are a little bit more humble than that because they know that what they're doing is newer i got one more thing to say because it yeah. just popped up in my head because i'm stupid yeah but like <laughs> if you see someone and they're setting up for something, especially if they're doing parkour. Oh, I think I park guy, And they're setting up for something. Yeah. 
and it looks a little bit dangerous to you, do not scream. Do not tell them, hey, what are you doing? Do not distract them because they more than likely know what they're doing. And if you scream or react the way you want to by like yelling when they jump or whatnot, you can distract them. And when you distract them, they are no longer focusing. And if they are no longer focusing, they could get hurt. (laughs) Yeah. And here's the thing too, because there's three different scenarios I wanted to play out. The part where I was saying how to deal with different scenarios. Number one was what we just talked about when they have their phone in your face and ask you to do a flip, right? The second one, because the third one's the easiest one, which is when they actually come up to you respectfully. And that's really fun. But the second one is when you're prepping for something and the first thing they say is, oh my God, don't kill yourself. Ah! Do you even know what I'm doing? Do you know what I'm doing? Did you ever think to look at me and be like, huh, he's doing that a little calculated. I wonder if he knows what he's doing. But instead, you just go, huh, I don't know what that means. So I'm just going to inflict my own fear on that fuck and say, don't kill himself. (laughs) Shut up and don't ever do that. If you're somebody, and I'm getting sincere, if you're somebody who is in public and you see parkour churning, but you don't entirely know what it is, you just see somebody doing a gap that kind of scares you, shut off your own fear and just let them do them and watch how they do it calculated because they're trained athletes. I understand that the people who say that stuff don't know that because it's not as known. Parkour and freerunning is not as known as, say, skateboarding, soccer, basketball, blah, 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 blah. Like, if you watch some guy or a couple guys play football, you don't go, hey, don't hit your head in the f- with, the f- with the fucking ball. Don't do it. Don't tackle into each other. You wouldn't do that because football is really well known. But when you see a fucking jump, you're just like, oh, he's going to hurt his head. No. No. So when I know that they don't know what I'm doing, I have to calm myself down and be like, okay, I'm sorry. I didn't mean, you know, listen to that, whatever. But I actually know what I'm doing. I'm a sponsored athlete. I'm trying to do a video for a job. This is actually what I do. Their heads are like, that's the real thing. That's like, you see the wheels Mm -hmm. turning in their head. They're like, wait, this guy's doing it for real. You have to do that because otherwise the only thing that they know is that it's reckless. But here's the thing. If you do that, don't say that stuff anymore and i'm being fucking for real if you see someone do a jump or about to do a jump don't like what tony said don't scream don't do any of that but also don't say don't kill yourself why the fuck first of all that's a stupid way to do that second of all why would someone go on two walls and and just be like this is how it's gonna happen it's not even gonna happen it's not even fucking possible unless they like you launch their heads right into it even then it'd just be a serious injury for what all, all I know, but I know for a fact that I wouldn't look at you as you get into your car and say, hey, don't kill yourself. That seems pretty fucked up now, doesn't it? <laughs> so I feel very passionate about this, obviously, because it's super ignorant, but also a little bit innocent because they don't know any better. But now if you are listening to this or you're a parkour and fearing athlete listening to this and you know somebody who's done that, you can share them this little sound bit because I'm telling you, don't say don't kill yourself or or even worse you're actually just basically telling them what's going to happen to them which is you're gonna hit your head or you're gonna crack your head open you don't know what i'm doing if i were to look at you and get in your car and be like you're gonna die how would you feel be like oh no i know how to drive i've been driving for 15 years i know exactly how to do this when i hit the brake and someone's in front of me i know enough space in between the cars you would say that if someone told you you're gonna die in a car accident or whatever so when you look at us jumping don't just automatically assume you know what's going to happen to us because you don't tony do you agree or disagree i agree (laughs) 
if Tony responds that way, I know I went off the rails a little bit. <laughs> Definitely. So if you have that happen to yourself when you're jumping or training and someone says, hey, don't kill yourself or hey, you're going to hit your head. I think the best way to deal with that scenario is to fuck off, is to be like, is to actually just put in your headphones, do the jump successfully, right? Like block them out. This is a couple options. First one is block them out. Do the jump successfully if you're in a safe environment to where there's no pressure, right? Like all that kind of thing. And just do it successfully and just kind of make eye contact with them and take their fucking soul. <laughs> Dude, you know that moment though when someone is blatantly wrong and in the moment you prove them wrong and then you look at them, their eyes are just like, I probably should have said that. There's that. Or there's, excuse me, I'm really trying to focus here. I'm actually a trained athlete. I'm trying to do this for a job. We're working on a project. I really need the concentration I can get. Uh, if you can just not inflict that negativity on me or inflict your own fears on me, that'd be great because I really need to do this. Here's the thing too. If you, if you oh. start, if you start like trying to prep or jump and they're actually trying to like, for example, like annoy, or they're starting to annoy you, mm -hmm. like, and it's getting in the way of your concentration, don't do the jump. Uh, yeah, especially like, if you well, can't concentrate, don't, don't do it because especially if it's a hard jump that you're actually prepping for, don't do it because there comes a point where you're trying to prove someone wrong, but then you're also going out of your own skill level by like letting your ego get ahead of you and yeah. that can cause you to get hurt. And then that's just going to inflict more into them being like, I told you so. Right. And also the scenario that I played out and how to handle it is for one person. Cause I've had that happen with just one person, but if it's multiple people, especially the younger crowd where once again, they think parkour is like this, uh, either a joke or super reckless or whatever, or dangerous. <clears throat> and they just, they're just inflicting their fears on you. Like it's more than one person saying, Hey, don't kill yourself. I have that. I've had that happen so many times. Yeah. Tony's right. Don't do the jump. You might want to wait till they leave. Just wait till the pressure is gone and you can concentrate again. But if it's one person and you have the opportunity to just do the thing after they told you, you can't do it yep. and then look at their face and watch what happens and then moon them. <laughs> that's always, that's your answer. I have actual footage of you mooning the camera. Um, so that's that. And then the third scenario to end this uh, segment on how to deal with muggles is when they actually do come up to you and they're just curious as to what you're doing, but they ask it in a respectful way where they're like, hey, what is this called? Or, hey, I've actually seen this online. Can I have your guys' information? This and that. The way you handle that is just exactly how you handle any other conversation, which is saying, first of all, thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah, we train at this really hard, this and that, blah, blah, blah. I've been doing this for this many years. Here's our contact information. And then usually the correct scenarios play out very fast where they just thank you and they say, cool, carry on or whatever, and they leave. However, I've had other scenarios where <laughs> they stay for too long and you kind of want them to leave. Mm -hmm. The answer to that is just say that you have to change spots. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, yeah, great. Like after a while talking to them, he's like, yeah, yeah, no, I'm great. Yeah, your kids are, yeah, cool. Like they start talking about how they were doing stuff in their 20s or 30s. And they're like, yeah, when I was 20, I did this. And you're like, oh, really great. Oh, is that Tony? Oh, we're changing spots. Hey, man, I got to go. <laughs> that's what you do. To be honest, you know what I do? Yeah, that's I, what I do. I literally just, as as they're talking, I'll randomly stop talking and I'll be like, mm-hmm. And then I'll just. Oh, <laughs> No, I don't do that. But like if there's if there's more than one person there, I'll do that. Like yeah. for example, if there's like me, Tyler, and like Julian and someone's talking to us, as soon as I see their eyes go from me to them, I'm gone. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm gone. I'm going back training. You just Audi. Yep. Audi five thousand. So um I know I got into a very intense aggressive uh reaction on towards like these ignorant reactions, I mean interactions with muggles. But it's because I feel passionately about it. It's because I've happened so many times that now that we have this podcast medium to express it, I'm going to do it. 
And here's the thing. Because so just nobody else will listen to him. Real quick, real quick, recapping back to the Muggles thing before we move on to our... Um, okay. All right, so I don't know at what point the camera just cut off, uh, but I'm just going to continue where I left off. Maybe on the YouTube, there's going to be just a quick like little graphic to cover for the audio where the camera cut off. But we're back, and I'm going to pick off right at the end where I said that if you are somebody that is okay with doing flips for someone's camera when they ask you to, that's great. It's fine. And I, like I said, I've had scenarios where someone has asked me in like, you know, a relatively fun fashion. I was like, okay, cool, yeah, I'll do the flip. And they're very excited about it because it's like their first time ever seeing someone do a backflip. That's great. But it's when those interactions that I had, like, for example, at Gainesville, at UF, where they're literally asking you to do it for the sake of their own social media, like, personal platform. I don't care. But if you're okay with that, then that's cool. So that's our take on how to deal with muggles and the different interactions you can have with muggles. Um, let's just go ahead and get to our story break before our outro. Story time. Um, this is story time, and let's just keep it, let's not keep it too long. But we're going to talk about how we were actually able to make it to the Nerf commercial from New York from our help, from our buddy, with from the help of our buddy, Coy White. On the same day. On the same day. See, when we got the news that we got the Nerf commercial, Tony and I, we had to leave New York immediately because the fitting was like the next day or something. And for some of you who may not know what a fitting is, a fitting is usually uh, a day where they set up a few days before the actual shoot happens or a couple weeks Pretty much where they get wardrobes finished. They see how you look in certain clothing. Right. Um, they see if you're fat or skinny. <laughs> but they pretty much they tailor your look. That way when you get on set, you're just ready to go. Yeah. So what happened was we got the news and then we had to leave. So we got our tickets online with Spirit. Tony did through his phone. And then when we got to the airport, we got there just in time to make it to the kiosk. But the thing is, is that the kiosk wasn't working. So the kiosk put us five minutes late to the desk. And as soon as we got to the desk to ask for help, they were like, oh, you're five minutes late. You can't board. And you, you know what these fuckers said? Yeah, what? They said, hey... If you would have checked in online, then we could have let you on the flight, even though you don't have any luggage. And I was like, hey, <laughs> I fucking tried about two hours before we got here. And you know what happened? Your website wasn't working. That's what happened. So I couldn't. So so that's so funny because we were pissed, dude. And you could tell the clerk lady was like, oh, the, guy is, the other guy's pissed. <laughs> we walked away. Tony and I sat down in front of this little Dunkin' Donuts kiosk that wasn't even fucking open at the New Jersey airport, right? Coy, what's the New Jersey airport called? Newark. Newark airport. And we we're like, what do we do? And Tony was like, guess we got to fucking drop some fat dough on new tickets because we have to get to this Nerf commercial because we're going to get paid a lot. And real quick, let me just give a yeah, context yeah. of the time. It's it's like 6, 6.30 right now. We have to be in Hollywood, Florida at 11 a.m. No, like Hialeah or something. No, it was Hollywood. It was in Davie. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah but we, we, we no, have, at 12. We had to be there at noon. No, no, it was 11. <laughs> 11 a.m. And was, we were in Newark, New Jersey at 6.30 a.m., right? And 6.30? Oh, wait, maybe it was 12. I, it was 12, but, and we were in Newark at 6.30 a.m. And the flight back is about three hours right so we're working on a dumb time crunch right now and we're like what do we do tony immediately gets on his phone goes on a different airline because fuck spirit hey spirit hey spirit fuck you fuck you <laughs> anyway um yeah Boy. 
Koi, uh, Koi sitting next to the camera right now. When we uh, talk about what he did to get us there, we'll we'll have him like just right there for a moment. But Tony goes on his phone, tries to look for flights that can beat the time. Remember, we have to be in Hollywood, Florida, for a fitting for a commercial that was a big deal at noon, and we were in New Jersey around six to six thirty a.m. So we had a very limited time crunch as far as our flight selection. Tony actually manages to find flights that go from New York to florida and able to calculate the time to get to the fitting on time but everything had to work out perfectly so he doesn't even fucking wait he drops the dough the soflo movement dough that we had thank god and we get two new flights with american airlines uh i think it was delta actually or delta yeah, yeah. you're right he gets two new flights from delta that were how much each like two hundo yeah they were like 200 because we bought them like yeah an hour and that's not a way to show off the money that we have or whatever because we don't okay that's the way to show off like what we had to do in order to get to florida so then as soon as we get the flights and we realize that we're not in the correct airport we call up koi and we're like hey man spirit done fucked us in the ass and we need to get to the new york airport now because if we don't we're not going to make it to this fitting and he was taking a shit while we had this phone call <laughs> in his apartment in montclair new jersey Koi, why don't, why don't you sit right why don't you here, sit right here real quick, quick so, so the people get, can see your beautiful face just have your back against the side table and we were like we need you to come to the Newark airport to take us to the John F. Kennedy airport in New York. Which now. is in Queens. Which was in Queens, okay? Which hang not on, close. Hang on. How far of a drive is that from Newark if you're a sane person? Uh like in at rush hour in the morning is like an hour and a half. -ish. So it's an hour and a half drive to get there. And we had so to be there. That's with traffic. Slightly before rush hour. If there's no traffic and you're driving the speed limit, it's like fifty five minutes. And we had to be there in 40 minutes, 45 minutes. This fucker got us there in half an hour. It was 32 minutes. This, this, this guy was like, oh yeah, no problem guys. I'll be there in a second. And he got to the airport in New Jersey and then we're like, Coy, how are we going to do this? And he said, basically, oh, hey, I've watched enough Fast and the Furious in my day. I know exactly how to take care of this scenario. And Tony and I were like, no, I fuck. You guys have a $10,000 gig, and this car is worth $3,200. <laughs> so, and a ticket might be like $400. So, we're just going to see what happens. So, dude, this guy, this guy what just, the fuck? Th we're waiting outside the airport. This guy just, right against the curb, we get in, and he just, and Tony and I immediately did the thing where you go, and we were quiet that entire car. This, Nobody spoke a this word. This crazy fuck hauls ass all the way to the other side to New York. And he was given on the GPS two different five minute delays. And he beat both of them. Nobody said a fucking word the entire time. Tony and I were like. And he was just all like, like one face too. Like he didn't make any different facial expressions just while driving. Just. And. <laughs> We had like two tricks. So I, how does, do I just, it, it's, it's as far as I can go. Okay. Yeah, just do that. So the two tricks we had is the car has an electronic cutout, so it can be silent or deafeningly loud at the turn of a switch and instantly. Right. So what I would do was I would drive silently everywhere until there is someone in front of us that wouldn't move, and then I'd back off a little bit, 
open the valve and floor it. And they just get scared shitless because they just last saw in their rearview mirror like this dinky old 90s Lexus. Yeah. Like, ah! And then they like move out of the way. Yeah. So there was that. The other thing was, uh, it was, so like we had to go from New Jersey through the Holland Tunnel, through downtown Manhattan right. to get to another bridge to get into Brooklyn to then go to Queens. That's right. And at some point, we were, oh wait, no, what was the other thing? The other thing was, uh, Reckless Abandoned. So, but anyway, at some point we were in like Brooklyn-ish. Right. And I started looking at the ETA and ways if you're just driving like way too fast. Yeah. It takes a while to adjust the ETA because it just assumes like some shit's going wrong. Right. And so you don't really see the time that you're cutting off until like the last 25% of the trip. Right. So we're starting to get there and like we get through the traffic because once you're past downtown Manhattan, everyone's trying to get in. So once like if you're in New Jersey, everyone's trying to go the same direction as you are. Yeah. But once you're past Manhattan and leaving town, then traffic gets a lot lighter. So we get there and I'm like, oh shit, I think we're gonna make it. And everyone's like silent in the car, staring at it. They're probably afraid for their lives. Yep. And then I miss a turn while everyone is staring at the GPS. <laughs> and I'm just like, fuck. <laughs> But then I got so pissed off that I like made it back somehow. Cause up at that point, like I wasn't, I, w I was going out of my way to not endanger other people. Like I know very much where my limits are and where that car's limits are. Yeah. Uh, because I spend so much time like finding them in controlled environments. But after that happened for like five minutes, I was like, fuck it. Shoulders are fair game. Weaving is fair game. Yeah. I'm leaving like a foot in front and behind the car. If there's a gap. Yeah. We're going to do this. And so dude, all of those, see, here's the thing. All of those things were happening in your head while calculating. The entire time, I thought I was in a fucking movie. I didn't know any of that stuff going on. He's just like, yeah, they're weaving in and out. I'm going to do this one. I'm going to be silent behind a car, and then I'm going to rev up so they can move out of the way. None of that stuff registered in my head. I just knew that I was with freaking Vin Diesel. Okay. Pretty, pretty much the thing you need to know from this is that if you are a director and you are looking for a stunt driver for your movie, Koi is 100% the person you want. I've seen this motherfucker <laughs> from the moment I realized... Oh, this guy's actually good. Is when he drifted and parallel parked himself in between two cars from the other side of the fucking road. <laughs> and I was like, I was yep, like, because yep. before that he was he would just slide everywhere. And I was like, okay, I feel like really good. I can't do that. But when he did that, I was like, oh, he's actually good. Yeah. <laughs> the first time you guys, because you didn't really realize like that I like actually sent it. I think you just had, you saw the car and you're like, oh, he's into cars. Yeah. But then we like left to go get burgers and I did like a flat spin 360. This is the first visit. A, yeah. And you guys both went silent. Yeah. And then like halfway through the spin, you're like, ah! <laughs> dude, the latest reaction ever. Yes, dude. I was like, oh, he could do this. Dude, here's the thing. You know, I'm fucking terrified when I start cursing in Spanish and I don't speak and Spanish. He speak Spanish. <laughs> that was my immediate reaction, dude. So then this guy gets us to the New York airport on time. And then we're like, okay, go, go, bye. We'll see you later. Bye. Like we couldn't even like have like an emotional, like slow motion. Like, like thanks dad. I'll see, see you later. It was just more like, thanks dad. We're believing. So I'm already in shock that he made it that fast, beat two five minute delays. Well and drifted his ass over to this airport from New Jersey to New York and Queens. What were you going to say? To get to you guys, because I was in Montclair and traffic was picking up. And right. it was like a 20-minute drive to Newark. 
Oh my god. Like, hey, how soon can you be here? And I'm like on the toilet, like, uh, fucking when's the flight? I'm like, cool, I need you yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> we were like, like we were like, you need to be here now, dude. Okay, I think I could do this. Right. And then he f- did do it. So that right? was the first part though. The hardest part was like making sure I could get to you guys to pick it up to make it even worth attempting the drive. Right. And then once I got there, I was like, Alright, that was a twenty five minute drive that should be thirty five with traffic and I made it in fifteen. I think the rest of this can happen. Right. And he did do it because he works for Universal Studios secretly. He's a stunt driver. Well, okay, so I will say since then I have gotten my first official stunt driving credit. And it's with really? Our Club Manhattan. See? No shit. I didn't, I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah. I didn't know it was going to happen. Hey, everybody either. clap it up for Coy. So we. So we get to the New York airport and then we're still panicking. Then we get into the security line and it's long as fuck. And as soon as we get into the security line that's long as fuck, in my head I was like, of course it is. Why wouldn't this journey be any harder? We actually make it through. With your backpack, right? I was going to get to that. Yeah, yeah. So I make it through, right? My backpack's fine. I put it in the conveyor belt, whatever. They check to see if there's anything weird because there's not because I'm not weird. And then they leave and I leave it. And then I look behind me and Tony's not there. And then I start to turn the corner a little bit because the gate was behind this wall where the the exit of the security line was. And Tony is there with a TSA agent unloading his bag. They're taking his backpack apart and, like, finding something. What were they doing? Because Tony had to have the gimbal and camera equipment in his bag. So when they saw a (laughs) bunch of stuff that was battery-operated, they were like, this guy's got a bomb and he's brown. (laughs) So they... There's something fishy here. There's something fishy we here. We can't take no We're risks. We're going to pull him over. Plus, he's wearing this really, really weird hoodie that says Rebels with the calls on the back of it. That I don't know what the fuck good. that is. That sounds like some terrorist shit to me. <laughs> that looks like some culty shit. So they take apart his bag trying to find this gimbal, and then Tony's just staring at him. And then they finally realize there's just camera equipment. And he's like, and, and Tony said, I know for a fact, he was like, you feel stupid now, don't you, you racist bitch? <laughs> and then... And then they put his bag together, and I'm waiting in line at the gate. I'm the last person to get in the gate. Everyone's already on board on the flight. As if Koi drifting our ass over there isn't enough and having to buy new flight tickets, I'm the last person at the gate. Tony is at TSA, finally finishing up, putting in his bag. Then he reaches to the gate. We get in the plane at the same time, sit down on the plane, Part two of just staring off into nothing. We get to Florida in Fort Lauderdale. It's not even done yet. Dude, it's not even done yet. We get to Fort Lauderdale where Tony's mom is there meeting us with his car. We get into Tony's mom's car. She already has Bang and Nature Valley bars packed up because she's a mom. I love you, mom. And then she drives us to his house where we get my car. We get in my car and then drive to the fitting and we made it five minutes before it started. Oh, fuck. (sighs) Dude, dude, and then when I got in there, and I, they don't even know half the shit that happened to get to there, they were like, shave. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, we need you to shave right now so we can do the fitting. And I was like, you know what? It's been a long day. Fuck it. So I had my razor. And they gave me shaving cream, and I shaved, and I came out looking like I was 12 years old. And you had your razor because we just got off a fucking flight. We had we we had just the right amount of time before the like getting there before the fitting, where we were able to sit in the car for about a minute and just catch our breath. Yeah, dude, straight up. And then after I shaved, uh, 
they uh, started doing the fitting and they just put on different highlighter costumes, basically. Let's just put it that way. Yep. And I just got back from New York where we ate way more calories <laughs> that were supposed to be humanly consumed. Like I'm talking like way too much. Like one day we had burgers, milkshakes and fries, but not just any milkshake. We had black tap milkshakes. If you, okay. If I'm going to look live, it up right now. Where, where are they at again, Corey? They are in, it's on Broom Street in Manhattan, right? All right, if you live somewhere there, you need to go to Black Tap. You need to have their food, and you need to go up to Kyle and be like, the Soulful Movement guy sent me. I love your food. If it's off of uh, Broom Street, then it's Broom and 8. So you heard it here. They have, look at that shit. They have the dankest milkshakes I have ever fucking seen in yeah. my life. On one day, we had burgers, fries, and one of those. Okay? And then another day, we went to Jacob's Pickles, where we had... Uh, each a huge chicken tender southern biscuit with grits and he had pancakes with chicken tenders and then we also had barbecue chicken macaroni and cheese and then we also had dessert that was a mixture of get ready st fried oreos bread pudding and then what was the third thing it was, it was ice cream but we got two because we got like no we got one oreo. yeah, yeah it was it was it was a mixture of bread pudding fried oreos and cookie it was a cookie bread pudding fried Oreo skillet with six scoops of vanilla ice cream and <laughs> chocolate drizzle. Hey, that was another day. And then all the while in Co in Koi's apartment, Tony and I were eating Kraft macaroni and cheese up the <laughs> yeah. ass. So when I got back for this fitting, your boy was fat. And the director made a note of it. Because when I put on the final costume after having that fuckery of a story that I just told you to get there, I put it on, stand in front of a white wall, looking exhausted <laughs> as shit. And then John T is looking at me and he's just like, oh, Tyler, why are you so <laughs> fat? Is that what you wanted to say? You can say it. I know I look fucking fat. You don't even know half the shit I Dude, ate. I think you had the big, the largest clothes on. Like I, I, I had the largest clothes they on. Were trying to find was... a, they were trying to find another size. And he had the largest size on. Dude, hey, that actually happened. And that is how we made it to the oh. fitting for Nerf. Thanks to Koi White. Everyone clap it up for Koi White one more time. Oh, his Instagram is at not Koi White. Yeah, for those of you, you, you need that. Oh, all right, Rebels, that's all for today's task. To know when the next one is, check your at Rebel updates on Instagram. Spread the word of the hideout to others who you think can join this movement by sharing this any way you can. Show your host some love by liking, commenting, and rating this. And to show some extra love, mm. write a review. The show notes are in the description if you're watching on YouTube. And if you guys get lost along the way, go ahead and uh, email us with questions or possibly nudes to the hideout at soulflowmvmnt.com. For merch or more, go ahead and go to www.soulflowmvmnt.com. And if you guys want to check out our other profiles to stay up to date with whatever the fuck you're doing, they're right here. We are Rebels of the Cause. Sign up. Transmission complete. That is all today, Rebels. Report back to the hideout next week for your new task. Over and out.